Okay, guys, welcome back to Lightweights. Today we have Joe, myself, and we have a mayor, the mayor specifically of Glendale, here with us. Very interesting. I'm actually super excited to speak with you, um, Mayor Artie, and or your last name. Can you please pronounce it for Kasakian. me? Kasakian. Kasakian. Okay, yeah. yes, Mayor Kasakian. Cool last name. Where are you from originally? So I was born in Boston, but obviously, if you know, if you can tell from the name, I'm Armenian. Both my yeah. parents are. Armenians come from like all over the place. You run into Armenians that are from all different places. I mean, after, if anyone knows history, there was a terrible genocide at the start of the 20th century. So Armenians were dispersed all over the globe to different countries. So you got Armenians in Argentina, you got Armenians in Europe and South America and everywhere, Middle East, um, uh, former Soviet Union, some in Chicago, some in uh, New Jersey, where so, you guys are from. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm from Belarus, right? Uh -huh. So Eastern Europe. And I will say that be the Belarusian people get along with Armenians they really, do, absolutely. really well. The Lithuanians do, too. Yeah. I was at a Lithuanian festival this weekend. How are you? Yeah, in L.A. And they were like, oh, you're Armenian. We're all like, you know, brother people. So One yeah. of our best friends is Armenian. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Antonian. Yeah, I know him. Yeah, yeah. He's got the Jonah kebab. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you guys ever met? Uh, no, I think we communicated online. I'm supposed to go and have some kebab at his place. You should. It's pretty uh, good, actually. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. 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 And he does some funny videos. I know you guys have. <laughs> have you guys? I know you. Have you been in the videos? Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, he has too. Yeah. Okay. Everyone kind of works together in that sense. Yeah. So L.A., I, I believe, has the highest population of Armenians in the, in United, the United States. States. In the United States. Because yeah. you got a lot of Armenians in Moscow. You got a lot of Armenians in different uh, places in the Middle East and like Lebanon. There's a large community in Iran. We've had Armenians in Glendale. The first Armenian family there was probably there in the 1900s, but it really didn't become a large place uh, concentration of Armenians until the 1970s after the Iranian Revolution, mm. and then again in the 1980s, late 1980s, when the Soviet Union collapsed. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. How did you get into the position that you are currently at, and did you always want to be a mayor? Yeah, so the mayor is a appointed position. I get to be mayor for one year. I'm about six months in my term. Uh, a lot of cities, smaller cities. So what we understand of government and politics, we understand from usually TV shows and what we maybe have read or, or think we know. But um, a lot of cities the size of Glendale, and by the way, we're the fourth largest city in Los Angeles County. Los Angeles County has 88 cities in it. It's Los Angeles is the largest, then it's Long Beach, then it's Santa Clarita, and then it's Glendale. Oh, wow. We used to be larger than Santa Clarita, but they passed us in this last census because they have room to grow. Anyone who's been to Santa Clarita knows that they're still building homes, and it's kind of a city that's expanding. But we're... We're like a suburb of L.A., a suburban community. Um, used to be called a bedroom community. People would work in downtown but live in Glendale. And that is still the case, although we have a very strong economy ourselves. But your question as to how you become mayor, you run for council. Uh, and we have five council members. Uh, L.A. has more than five. Pasadena has uh, more council members. But Glendale's structure is similar to many cities. Five council members. We act like a board of directors for a corporation. We hire a city manager who is a person, the CEO, who runs the city. So we make the decisions policy-wise as to what direction we want the city to go in. And every 
April in Glendale, we select one person among the five to serve as mayor. So you become the first among equals. You get to run the meeting, you have the gavel, you get to set the kind of tone of the meeting, but your powers aren't any more or less than any of your colleagues. You just get to, I don't know, shake more hands, cut ribbons, kiss babies, all the <laughs> ceremony, do podcasts, uh, all the ceremony okay. and stuff. Um, so that's how you... Uh, are how you become mayor, but how you get into like city council, really, I mean, there's many different paths. There isn't a traditional, I'm going to study political science and I'm going to do this. Um, I think the most important thing you can do is if you see something in your community that you want to change or make better, uh, find out, start doing the research as to how, start connecting with people who think like you. And then if being on council or being on any other elected body is the way where you can further your efforts, then you just take the plunge. And there's like really, I mean, there's certain things you do to run for office and get elected. Um, you can't just like, you know, put your name on the ballot and expect to win. You got to knock on doors. You got to talk to people. You got to network. Yeah. All things that you guys probably are good at. Okay. So then two follow-up questions. Uh, did you find something that you wanted to change in the city of Glendale? Um, and yeah, I guess that's, let's start with that one. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I grew up in Glendale, so I saw um, my city changing um, in many positive ways. Like Glendale is much more dynamic, much more diverse than it is today. But um, there were things that were not changing fast enough. So one thing that I, I was the elected city clerk. So I ran for city clerk, which is an elected position and probably not enough time in this podcast to explain what exactly the city clerk does, except I'll tell you, run elections. So you make sure people know where to vote, when to vote, how to vote. You send out the ballots. You are basically the referee of democracy. Let's put it that way. And at the time when I was in college, there was a large population of Armenian immigrants who had just become citizens. There's about, it's about a 10-year process to become a citizen. So between 19, the mid-1980s to the late 1990s, you had all these people who come to the U.S., you know, pursuing the American dream, had become citizens, were running their, you know, businesses, sending their kids to school, um, working in different areas, but were not really participating in elections. You had about 70,000 Armenians living in Glendale, only 700 voted in city elections. Wow. wow. Right? So we went to the city clerk's office at the time and we were like, look, one of the problems we see is the fact that there's two th problems here. One is, you know, um, you mentioned your background being Belarusian. Folks who come from the Soviet system or from any of the countries in the Middle East where Armenians live don't come from systems where political participation is encouraged, right? Yeah. Government is not necessarily your friend. Um, law enforcement is not necessarily your friend. The secret police are not necessarily your friend. So there's this, uh, I think, desire or effort to kind of, you know, the, the approach for a lot of immigrants from different places who come from dysfunctional systems of government to the U.S. is I won't, I won't get involved in government and government hopefully won't get involved with me, right? Like we just kind of go our separate paths unless yeah. we absolutely have to interact. And we had to change that mentality and say, no, we live in a democratic country where you get to determine your fate, your future, your kids' fate, like what, you know, what they learn in school, where they go to school, what gets built in your community, what doesn't get built, what, you, what services you receive. But the problem is for a lot of folks, they didn't understand. I mean, I'm a native English speaker. I was born in the U.S., but understanding the ballot or even understanding the propositions that are on the ballot this year is very hard if you were even if you were raised and educated in the U.S., you know, let, let alone, alone yeah, an immigrant. yeah, exactly. Right. So we said, OK, 
let's get those materials translated to Armenian. We already translate to Spanish, but you have a greater need for Armenian in this community because of a large population. And the answer we received was, well, Armenians are technically considered white, and by law we only have to translate them to Spanish, and you know we don't have to do it to any of the other languages and besides, um, whatever. So that answer wasn't good enough for me. And you know my friends tell me that that was the day when I apparently said, well, I'm going to run for city clerk and change the system. And so when I eventually uh, looking, I don't think that was quite my origin story or that's how it went down, but I did run for city clerk in 2005. I was 27. Okay. So I, I got elected. There was nine candidates running total. I was a top vote getter. And as soon as I got in, one of the things I did was start making voting materials available, not just in Armenian, but in Tagalog and Korean and Spanish and, and trying to be um, a person who helps people understand what their rights are and how they can have a voice in government. And after that, now we have... You know, one of the highest Armenian voter participation rates. We're working on also increasing that number among other minority groups. I believe everyone should have a seat at the table. I often tell folks, you know, when it comes to decisions that affect our lives, um, you're either sitting, you either have a seat at the table or you're on the menu. So you decide which it is. Yeah. Right. And um, that's kind of what got me involved is just letting people have a voice. When you decided to run, what, what, what was your first move? Like how do you um, tell people that you're running? Well, first of all, you tell the people closest to you, right? You got to tell the people who maybe have encouraged you. It wasn't like I sat in a vacuum. People had told me I should consider it. And actually, I wasn't the one who thought of it. Someone came to me and said, look, the city clerk position is open. I know you care about this issue. Um, you should run for the spot. And there was kind of like, you know, the, you know everyone that goes through self-doubt when you're about to take on a big project or a big endeavor. And, and I wasn't, you know, I'm not an exception to that. I talked to friends and when I saw that people were very excited or interested in seeing me uh, run for that position, I decided to do it. And I'll be honest with you, 27, I didn't think I would necessarily win. My goal was if I participate in the process and I raise those issues that I care about and it becomes part of the debate and the dialogue and people are talking about it around their coffee tables or in the kitchen in their homes, then that's like a net gain, right? I've already impacted what's being talked about in my community. And lo and behold, I actually won. So here we are. What's the next step uh, after mayor? Is there something else that you'd like to do? I, like, what does that branch, branch yeah. out to, I guess? I, I don't know why my mind went to video games and, like, leveling up or something. <laughs> but um, I think, like, as uh, – no, well, there's always this uh, kind of idea that if you're at this position and you're setting yourself up for something else, you're going to run for Congress or you're going to run for this. Or, yeah. you know, in California we have a state legislature made up of a Senate and Assembly. I ran for the state assembly in 2016, which is the equivalent of our House of Representatives, but for Sacramento. Um, I made it through the primary and then I lost in the general. Um, and uh, I am content right now just making sure that my city is run well. There's a lot to keep me busy. Um, yeah. You know, we, we were trying to make sure. Have you guys been to Glendale? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah? I live in Burbank. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. We're, yeah. we're better than Burbank. I'm <laughs> 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 no, I'm obviously, you know, bullish on Glendale. I think Glendale's awesome. But yeah, Burbank's fine too. I was like two streets over from Glendale. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What are your, some of your guys' favorite places in Glendale? I honestly couldn't name one. But I do love Glendale. And I'll explain why I love Glendale. When you go to that side of uh, L.A., it's something that you don't always expect. You know what I mean? Like, it's extremely clean. You guys have a lot of new development, I feel like. I just like the feel and the vibe of it. 
and you know, I couldn't name us a place there necessarily. But you've been to the mall and the Galleria. Of course, Galleria is And Zanku gorgeous. Chicken. You guys have yeah. had Zanku Chicken. Of course. I, I, actually, I mean, it's I've no Jonah's played. Kebab, but it's like, you know. <laughs> no, yeah, I've, I've been to the mall. Like, all like the, yeah. the bigger places, yeah, I've definitely been to. Have you okay. been to yeah. Great White Hut? That's I like, have, yeah, yeah. They're great. They're good. They're good. Um, I have a whole list of like favorite places to eat. You're a big foodie. I know. That's I, how I, we yeah, met. Exactly. What video? You barbecue. Watched? It was a barbecue video. Bledsoe's Barbecue. Yeah. So good. Yeah. We're opening up a pizzeria in West Hollywood, actually. Why not Glendale? Well, soon. Glendale. Right. Yeah. We just happened to we happen to find a really, really cool spot on Sunset awesome. Boulevard. And we went with it, but we want one in every city. So That's awesome. Coming That's soon awesome. to Glendale. I can't wait. <laughs> um yeah, well Glendale has a great food scene, so you guys should come check it out. We have a lot of great things and I appreciate you saying that. We work very hard to make sure our city is inviting and welcoming and uh, you know, that we run a tight ship. Yeah, absolutely. Are you familiar with a lot of other mayors? Yeah. Idlewild? Uh, no. You don't know Mayor Max? No. Is he someone I should get to know? Blonde hair? No. What's mm. his social security number? No, I don't know. You could probably tell me. I don't know. No, I mean, like, for instance, I, I know the mayors of our neighboring cities. I know the mayor of Pasadena. I know the mayor of Burbank. We, you know, share an airport. The Burbank airport is actually the Glendale Pasadena Burbank airport. So it's run by the three cities. Um, I know Mayor Garcetti. This is Mayor Max. Oh, no. Wait. Are you serious? No. That can't be right. <laughs> you should reach out. As, uh, um, sure. You got to make a big Can folks impact. see this? Like, it's a, it's yeah, a, it's an actual they'll see it. it's a they'll golden see it, retriever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He does a lot of He does city? have better hair than I do. Idlewild. Where is Idlewild? It's like Idlewild. an Angelus Crest? No, where is that? Idlewild. Um, Idlewood. Riverside. Riverside. Okay. Yeah, he, yeah. his duties include visiting with locals. And attending business grand openings. So yeah, Idlewild is in the mountains. It's a pretty community. I didn't realize they had a dog mayor. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's really cool. Yeah. Do you guys? I kind of feel less important now. Like a dog can do the job you're doing. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, like, I'm sure your policies are better. <laughs> <laughs> do mayors ever gather for dinners or other events? We see each other at events. There's a California League of California Cities conference, and we see them at, we see each other at various things. You know, obviously, if you're politically engaged, there's two aspects of the job, right? There's the running the operations day to day, making sure your city is well run, and then you got to campaign for re-election. And on the campaign circuit, um, and right now we're going through an election cycle. Fortunately, I'm not going through an election, but you'll see a lot of the same folks at various events, especially for um, the Democratic Party, which is very very big here in LA. I would say almost pretty much the Democratic Party dominates the political partisan um, dialogue and scene in, in L.A. So we see each other at stuff. Yeah. Do you are you familiar with the mayor of West Hollywood? Uh, I used to be. But um, so they have a rotating mayorship as well. I've known a number of their mayors. Is that so every city has a, a rotation of one year? Yes. So oh, okay. the next mayor in Glendale will be a gentleman by name of Dan Brotman. Um, oh, it's already determined. Yeah, it's already determined. Oh, so you, you can't win twice in a row? No. Is it voted amongst the five of you? Yeah, but we it used to be voted, and so some people were kind of left out of the mayorship. When I came in, um, I, I thought that it's best for us to just have a set sequence so everyone gets a shot at being mayor. Because, again, it's not like you get any type of extra power and you don't get extra, you know— cheese on your cheeseburger or anything cool like really? there's nothing you know it's not i mean you get a parking spot that says mayor that's it but, that's there, but honestly worth it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah in la i guess some parts of la but it's only at city hall 
Um, so we had a set rotation. So now we know who's going to be mayor for the next, you know, however many years, depending on who gets elected. And I just think it makes it easier. It takes some of the guessing out of it. So, and when I can't be at events, I'll try to send one of my, well, I don't send them if they want to go, but I'll send other council members. And then, so next year when I'm done, I hand the gavel over and then I get to be a regular council person. So being a mayor, I assume that you make up your own schedule. Uh, yeah, for the most part. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I'm still, there's a dog mayor that I still can't get over that. <laughs> I don't know why I, I was, I wasn't expecting that today. Yeah. No. Yeah. Apparently it's real. It's on Wikipedia. So it must be real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I do make up my own schedule. Yeah. For the most part. Um, I have an assistant at city hall, um, who helps all the council members with their schedule. Okay. Uh, the reason I asked that is, in Vernon Hills, where I grew up, I don't know if this is the case still, but I remember my my buddies and I would see our mayor, I mean, multiple times a week on the golf course, <laughs> hanging out. And that's cool. Like, yeah. I feel like if you've made it to that level, you can kind of do what you want. But that's why I was asking if you make up your own schedule and, like, take as many vacations as you'd like or if it's much more so it's hum- not f- humble than that. So it's not a full-time position. I will tell you that. Like okay. That's, that, I guess that's my question. So like, we have to be only at – we're only obligated to be at city council meetings to vote on, uh, you know, items that come before us on Tuesdays. So Tuesdays are the busiest day because you're in meetings all day, and they're public televised meetings. Um, people can follow it online. You can go to glendaleca.gov and watch the past meetings or look at the agenda. But besides that, um, you there's no obligation that says you have to be at City Hall. Now, I have my own consulting company, and I try to uh, focus on that as much as I can. But I have meetings. I have um, meetings with different, like, you know, right before I came here, I was meeting with some um, executives at a local studio about uh, how they like being in Glendale. We have, by the way, major studios in Glendale because entertainment is a big part of our economy. Um, I am... I'll be traveling overseas soon to try and uh, get investments and companies to come and locate to Glendale um, and talk about how Glendale, how great it is. I've been to other conferences. So there's other stuff that you do. If you wanted to, you could be busy doing council work all the time. But um, council in Glendale pays like less than $20,000 a year being mayor on council. So you can't really support yourself or your family on that. Um, And so most of the council members I work with are either retired or have another job. You know, one's an attorney, one, you know, I also teach at uh, Glendale Community College. I teach political science, um, poli-sci 101. So I haven't taught that the last few semesters through COVID, but hopefully uh, I'll restart that as well. Yeah, I I did not know that. I thought it was uh, a full-time, like that's your only gig. In L.A. it is. And I'll tell you the difference is, you know, I told you what, you know, council member in Glendale or in Burbank makes, right? Uh, They're somewhat similar, Uh, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. But in L.A., a council person makes like $170,000, right? So it's a full-time job for them. That's all they do. They don't do anything else. They have their staffs. Um, And each council member in L.A. is like the mayor of their district. They kind of can help allocate resources to it, you know, get the sidewalks fixed or whatever else. Glendale is much smaller. Our whole population is like less than 200,000. We're roughly 200,000. And so, um, yeah, I don't spend a lot of time playing golf. So I don't know, like, yeah, I wish I could. I don't know. Me too. I don't know how. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think you just got to start. You guys uh, are probably the kinds of people that could do whatever you put your minds to. So Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, a follow-up question to that. I just had it on top of my mind. Um, oh, your consulting 
agency. Yeah. Uh, what do you consult on? So I do everything from marketing and public relations. That's what my background is in to government relations. Um, so if you, you know, I, I work with a company now that is based out of Pasadena and they take old uh, office buildings and convert them to housing um, because, you know, there's been a lot less um, uh, demand for in person office work. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of office buildings that are a lot more vacant now than they were pre COVID. So there's a major need for housing. And this company that I work with takes those and converts them to housing. Nice. And then, um, I've done some consulting work for other different types of agencies, nonprofits. Um, and it's mostly advising them on how to best position themselves to get, you know, more attention for the good work that they're doing. There's a lot of people doing good work, but you know, uh, I, I kind of say if a tree falls in the forest, but, you know, there's no press release about it or there's no social media uh, posts about it, that you know, who really knows? Like, yeah. yeah, so it's all about making sure that people who are doing good work are getting the attention and exposure they need. Dick Sporting Goods. Yeah. Is that in Glendale? It is, the one in the Galleria. Right above, uh, By the right gym. below the gym. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite place. Is it? Yes. Really? Yeah. Why? I just, I don't know. I just, for, I love Dick Sporting Goods. You walk in They're there. They're great. <laughs> no doubt. They're great. And just that one specifically, it's massive. Yeah. And very nice and clean. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite place for sure. Really? Yeah. I'm telling you, I, I just, I'm, I I love just all things sports. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. What now, was your, yeah, go ahead. What was your favorite ribbon cutting ceremony you went to? My favorite ribbon cutting ceremony? Oh, you're going to get me in Dick's trouble. Because if I say one. <laughs> you know, I wasn't at Dick's Sporting Goods one, um, but um, I would have liked to have been there. Uh, which was the last one I was at? We just did a new apartment complex uh, in Glendale. Um, prior to that, we've had like medical offices, the Starbucks ribbon cutting. You know, I don't have a favorite one. It's not like I look. F- it's not like the ribbon cutting ceremonies. You're like, ooh, I get to cut a ribbon. I mean, it, and it's funny because there's actually a massive scissor that they use. It's like yeah. this big prop scissor, but actually it. cuts. Yeah, we'll get one. Um, are you really? Yeah. Why? For like haircuts or? <laughs> no, no. I mean, we just wanted to do it for like a video, funny video. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll talk afterwards. I'll, I know some folks who can hook up with <laughs> a giant scissor. Nice. The Glendale Chamber of Commerce, actually. Just call them. Perfect. I'm sure they know. They had to buy it from somewhere, right? Yeah. There's someone out there making giants. This episode is sponsored by Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning platform available on desktop or as an app, and that it truly immersifies you in the language that you want to learn. Maybe you have an upcoming international trip or you want to connect with a family or a friend. I know a lot of people who want to learn a new language just to pick up a new hobby. I can personally attest to this as I used Rosetta Stone when I went to Italy for my honeymoon. It helped me brush up on the Italian that I learned back in school and I was able to get through the land and speak the native language. It made it so much more fun, plus my wife loved it. They're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish. There's no English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language. Plus, there's lifetime membership and access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off a steal. Don't put off that language learning. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Lightweight's podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language learning courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. It's the Joe Guarantee. 
In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking we could pull one of the best autographs in the game, but guess what? With zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. What I love is the display of the available cards, the hit rates, and the grading. Arena is a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, and with Arena Club Slab Packs, they're revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash lightweights. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's $40 right there. Anyways, go to arenaclub.com slash lightweights for 10% off your first purchase. Scissors. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you uh, get the name Street Names? So I don't myself, but we as a council have. And we actually had a somewhat controversial name change a few years back where... The city council, I wasn't part of the city council then, but I was city clerk, so I was in the meetings. Um, they changed the name of a street that was named Maryland just after the state, mm-hmm. although someone said it was named after the wife of uh, Leslie Brand, who was one of the f- oldest and most famous residents of Glendale. Brand Boulevard is named after him. So m- the street in Maryland was changed to Artsakh, which is a region next to Armenia, populated mostly by Armenians. They've lived there for thousands of years and it's come under attack. I don't know if you guys have heard about what's happening in Armenia with the um, uh, war where Azerbaijan and Turkey attacked uh, Armenia during the 2020 um, war and pan- under during the pandemic. So prior to that, they changed the name of that street to Artsakh. Some folks uh, protested it, some folks supported it, but I think in hindsight, it was overall a, a wonderful thing for the city because it helped celebrate the Armenian heritage. And we didn't have any streets named after anything that was Armenian, even though Armenians are such a big part of the Glendale community. They're about 40% of Glendale, I think, is Armenian. Why would you protest uh, something like that? So if you have a business on there, like, well, uh, who knows, right? Why why do people protest anything? But one of the arguments was, and I can understand that, as that some businesses said it was going to cost them a lot of money to change, you know, their letterhead and re. Okay. Uh, yeah. That you makes know, sense. I mean, and so the city council at the time did provide some help with that. They're like, okay, we'll give you guys some financial grants, like, but it wasn't nearly enough to cover all the expenses, but I think it was important to do. Um, and I personally, I would like to see a few other street names change to kind of celebrate our Asian heritage. Um, Glendale has this great story where, uh, our only Medal of Honor recipient was a young Japanese-American, oh, wow. uh, Hideo Munamori, who um, was born in Glendale, put in a Japanese internment camp during World War II, but then went on to go serve with the Gopher Broke 442nd Division of the U.S. Army. And this was one of the most um, highly decorated divisions in our American Armed Forces. And most of them, a lot of them, died in action, which is what happened to Munamori, um, while he was in Italy, uh, you know, p- during the push to Berlin. Um, and 
many of these Japanese Americans who fought bravely were never recognized for their courage until like 20 years after the war. Munamori was one of the only ones who actually received the Congressional Medal of Honor right after the war. And it was just because someone in his family or someone who, close to the family knew the state, knew the senator from Utah, of all people, mm-hmm. um, Utah or Colorado. So he gets the Congressional Medal of Honor, but none of the other Japanese do until like 20 years later when they open up the papers and they look at kind of the policies that kept people of color from receiving you know, recognition for what they did. So I'd like to name a street after him in Glendale. That would be, I think, really cool because it reminds people, A, uh, what the Japanese Americans endured during World War II uh, when their property was taken away and they were put in internment camps. But uh, two, it would uh, honor someone who I think is someone whose bravery and service to our country needs to be celebrated. Yeah, absolutely. I think Lightweights is a good name. Yeah, (laughs) Um, which brings us to our next point. What kind of donation do we have to make to get a bench or anything named after us? Um, a bench? I don't know. I mean, I guess you would have to buy the bench, but we can do that. Um, what do you what do you want to have named after you? I think one of you guys was asking me earlier. By the way, the key to the city, if whether we have the keys, can we get so, that? Um, we get you know, it? so we, have it? we can go to Dick's. <laughs> yeah. No, so we do, we do, we do, we do, we do, we do give out certain. We do give out ceremonial keys to the city. Yeah. Um, And yeah, we could look into that. There's an actual key to the city too, but that's like an actual, like it's a real key. Where does it lead to? Um, It opens the door to city hall. It opens the door to the front door. Yeah. (laughs) But I I don't want to tell you guys where that is because I don't know. Like I feel like the next question will be like, does this smell like chloroform to you? And then next thing you know, I like, I wake up and, you know. <laughs> but there is a the there, there, yeah there is an actual key to the city. There's there there is uh and we do have ceremonial keys as well. Yeah. And uh we can talk. Um we'll get together with Nick. How's yeah. that? And then uh we'll do like uh the other ambassador yeah, of Glendale. Yeah, the other ambassador of Glendale, your Armenian friend you were telling me about. And we could uh yeah, I'll That's show you really what it funny. looks like. That's great actually. What's the biggest perk of being the mayor? Besides the parking spot. <laughs> Besides the parking spot? Yeah, we've already established so, that's like one. That's so, like but, number one. Yeah, but two. <laughs> um, it's it's not an easy job because people call you a lot with concerns and uh, complaints. Like, you know, when your electricity comes on and you're able to take a hot shower, you take all those things for granted even though it's yeah. provided by the city. Um, but no one says, hey, you know, everything went well and nothing went wrong. Let me stop by City Hall and thank the good folks that work in there. But if any of those things doesn't work, you bet we hear about it, right? You get um, and everything. I had a gentleman who actually called me the other day um, or contacted me. And this was pretty interesting. So we live really close to the hills and mountains. So we have all sorts of wildlife. And there was a mama bear with like two cubs just chilling in a, a black bear pool. or it was. Uh, yeah, a black bear, but it was more brown. But it, the I think the type okay. of bear was a black bear. And I, you, you guys just had a run in with a bear recently yes. right yeah yeah i, I did um, in um sequoia yeah yeah amazing yeah. beautiful place yeah so um he had called and he's like well how do i get rid of the bears and we we're trying to investigate <laughs> and look I, into that how do um, i tell the bear to move yeah that's why i voted for you help me <laughs> um but you know the best days are when i'm able to just help folks and get them to understand that hey government is your friend like we are actually functional and we can do good things and the perk of the job is just making people's lives a little better I mean, we all are living such difficult and stressful lives right now that if I can help make someone's life a little less stressful, like when we we just put a we're able to put a homeless family um, into some housing 
And, you know, we're going to help, you know, make their kids Halloween amazing. And, you know, I I was just recently trying to collect furniture for this family. And, you know, all those, like, types of things really make the job, um, it it makes you feel like you're on top of the world when you see people's smiles. But the flip side of it is a lot of people get angry at their politicians and public officials and public servants. So, you know, the highs are really high. The lows can be low. But at the end, it all balances out, right? What would you end up doing with the bear? What? Did you wrestle the oh, bear? Oh, the bear? <laughs> no, so we're still trying to figure out what to do with the bear. The problem is it was during the heat wave. Oh. And so um, it was trying to find a place to cool off. And But there was two cubs, and that was what was a concern for me because you don't mess with a mama bear with two cubs. No, no you don't. Um, but we've had a number. Of, there was a few years back there was a big issue with a bear that we ended up calling Meatball because it <laughs> went through someone's trash and ate all their Costco meatballs. So... <laughs> That bear kept coming back for more meatballs. Shout out, apparently, for Costco's uh, meatballs. Uh, and uh, we had to relocate that bear. It went to some bear sanctuary. But you can look it up, Meatball the Bear. Are there mountain lions <laughs> in those mountains? Yes. So we're one of three major cities in the world that have big cats living with oh, our, within our borders. no. I hike all the time to Bell Golf Course yeah. up there. Uh-huh. Do I need to be worried? No, 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 no. Yeah, I, I mean, ask, listen, how, uh, how, how scarce are they? How rare are they? I have lived and hiked in those mountains for, you know, as long as I can remember. I've never seen a mountain lion. But, again, as you can tell from my physique, I'm not an avid hiker. I'm sure someone who's in those mountains more often sees them once in a while. But, you know, people who are who've lived in Glendale their whole lives maybe will see a mountain lion once. In, if you see a mountain lion, you're very fortunate. By the way, if you see a mountain lion, uh, you're lucky because apparently the time to worry is when you, you don't see it. Yeah, because yeah. they attack from behind. Yeah. Um, but – Take a stick with you. Take a whistle. Always have that handy. Um, you'll be all right. I, I don't want to discourage people's hiking habits by saying there's mountain lions. And there's bobcats. People have seen bobcats on trail. Animals are more afraid of us than we are of them. So I, I'm not feeling like you're buying that from the looking uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, well, I, I know just, I could take I one. Thinking, so I'm no, not worried. Are you, are you, really? No, of course. No, first no. off, there's absolutely no way. We've what already do you mean take one? Like, Easily. How? I, well, I'd have a pocket knife with me. Okay, by the time you opened it and... What are you talking about, man? Dude. By the time... the You understand how quick those cats are? By the time he attacks you, he's on top of you, right? Okay, so now you're going to get your, your pocket knife out of your pocket, whip it out, open it, and stab him. We're talking right? about cat reflexes, by the way. Like, I, don't, I don't need to defend myself. I know. You know what's crazy? He's serious. Like, I, I genuinely <laughs> think I could take a mountain lion. Not a, a full-grown one, but like... Like a two-year-old at max? Children, if you're listening, please do not <laughs> What are you talking about? To, do not try to take out mountain lions. No, I'm not going for it. I'm saying in self-defense. In self-defense. All right, a two-year-old so. mountain lion will fuck you up. I'm telling you right now. I don't even know how big a two-year-old mountain lion is, but I would probably bet on yeah it messing you up too. Yeah. Well, we'll both go away. Surviving. But... The most important thing is if you do see any animal is to – there was a video uh, on YouTube of a gentleman who saw a mountain lion on and the And he's trail. walking back that yeah, path. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you don't turn your uh, back to them. You nope. just raise your hands above your head. I think it's like you're supposed to make yourself seem larger. I think your bigger concern in uh, as an avid hiker is coyotes. Coyotes oh, yeah? are all over the place. What about snakes? snakes? Are there a lot of rattlesnakes? Yeah, yeah, we do there? have rattlesnakes. But again, it's all seasonal, right? I've been told like during the winter months, it's they're more dormant. Um, they'll come out during, and you'll hear or see the snake. Just always be careful. I've always seen a bunch yeah. on um, the trail over here. 
Fryman? Fryman, yeah. I've, you know, I've only seen a couple of snakes. None of them were rattlesnakes. I've um, seen two. So rattlesnakes? rattlesnakes, really? Yeah. I saw a black widow the other day in mm. my okay. garage. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You seem, you seem, like, pretty shaken by it? No, I'm no? good. I'm okay. good. He's oh. fine now. I'm fine yeah. now. It's been a few days. <laughs> yeah, but so I'll tell you a funny thing about coyotes and so and the city of Glendale is that uh, there's a Glendale, Arizona. It's home to the Phoenix Coyotes NHL team, right? Mm-hmm. You guys know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've yeah. been there. Yeah, so um, apparently uh, they weren't going to be able to keep them, and they were thinking of relocating. So there was some headline saying um, uh, Glendale is going to get rid of the coyotes, right? <laughs> and so people started calling our office and yelling at us and saying, like, well, how <laughs> really dare you guys funny. get rid of coyotes? <laughs> and then a bunch of animal activists also misunderstood. So we had people telling us, like, why are we harming the coyotes? And it was just – it was a cluster bomb. It was just, like, for <laughs> really an funny. entire day we had so to – I, how, I spent prob- my time explaining. A problem arises literally out of nowhere, yeah. from, you know? A uh, yeah. thousand miles away. From yeah. a thousand miles away. Yeah. I don't know if Glendale, Arizona is a thousand miles, but, yeah, it was uh, – yeah. yeah. It was an issue for a whole day. What's the weirdest thing that you've ever had to sign off on? We were like, I can't believe I'm signing this, but whatever. Um, I don't know. I try not to sign anything weird, but I do kind of wonder like where my signatures, like, cause you know, my signature is public. We sign anyone who's on council who serves as mayor officially attests to any rules, laws, resolutions, allocation of funds. So I can't think of anything that I've signed that's odd. I, I, you <laughs> know. So I gave a talk to a group of kids um, at an elementary school recently. It was actually K through eight. And one of the kids, actually a bunch of the kids asked me to sign their arms and their hands afterwards. So like, I don't get asked. Multiple kids? Yeah, yeah. They were like asking like for autographs. And then one of them didn't have a piece of paper. So they're like, will you sign my hand or my arm? So I did. Like, it was really weird because I I was like, okay, this is how like musicians (laughs) at like rock concerts must feel. Except it was like all these like tiny kids holding (laughs) up their hands and I was signing them. Do a lot of people ask you to kiss their babies? Um, no, no, no one has volunteered it. I haven't kissed any babies. Do you hold babies? I do hold babies. I do hold, I'd I'm love, really good at holding babies. I want to have a baby just to have you hold them. I, you know what? As soon as that happens, you let me know. You have my contact info. I will be there to just like, <laughs> give, me, give me nine months. Hold, hold it like this. Make it happen, Joe. Um, we'll make it happen. Yeah. No, no that's weird. Man. Parenthood is great. I highly encourage it. Become parents. Uh, do you have kids? I do. I have one. One son. Yeah, one one son. son. Yeah. How old? He's eight. He'll be eight in uh, October. Nice. nice. Yeah. So we're kind of struggling as to, um, he's really getting into video games, but we don't have a console for him. So that's a big kind of debate that we're having. How long do we wait before he, how old were you guys when you first started playing video games? I was six. Really? But oh, I, that's like, when what? like it first came out. Uh-huh. So it was uh-huh. like, it wasn't known to be anything. I was probably yeah. like 10 but I just I started late because I we couldn't afford one I think yeah I, um my friends though yeah I started like around eight eight's like pretty average I feel like my yeah, mom my, my mom wouldn't let me play um M rated games until I was like twelve or thirteen I think even yeah I wasn't allowed to play Mortal Kombat yeah, yeah. I mean and now it's even more violent like right. I've seen some of those cutscenes oh yeah I mean M rated games when you're a kid is the absolute best. <laughs> Yeah. It's the absolute best, you know. W- w- why do you think that is? Is it just like because it's like the forbidden fruit? Yeah, like you're totally. doing yeah. something that's kind of totally. 
you're getting away with something. Yeah. Totally. And it's fun. Because your right. parents don't know, like, what's really happening in that game. But, like, there you are playing in the living room. I, I, I remember I was, uh, I was at GameStop with my mom. And the guy, like, understood. The guy working there understood what was going on. <laughs> and so, like, collaborated with you? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like he's like, he's like, there's not going to be, like, any limbs or anything like that flying off. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> And yeah, we ended up buying the game, and that game happened to be uh, Call of Duty World at War, where there actually were limbs flying off. Wow! <laughs> yeah. Wow! Yeah, no, he, he hooked me up, man. He hooked me up. <laughs> That's for sure. You should get him in a Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, like Mario Kart or something. Yeah, or whatever. That yeah. one's pretty much for kids. Yeah, Mario Kart's good. That's a really fun game. Like, what I don't want to ha- see happen is like my kid like zone out for a long time in front of a screen but i guess like that's happening now like video gaming is like a sport yeah that's yeah, an e-sport yeah technically yeah yeah that is it, it is really crazy i know people say this all the time but like you know even when we were kids we wouldn't have ipads or iphones or yeah. like nothing near that so we would we would have to go and like play outside or like use our imagination or whatever and i don't know if that's happening now i don't know if that's like a, a cliche thing to say that like all kids are on their phone. Like are kids still playing outside that have iPhones? I feel like they do, right? I think well, we have like a lot of parks and a lot of athletics in Glendale. We have one of the largest AYSO chapters. Soccer is huge. But yeah, I think it's a constant struggle to get kids to keep off the screens or at least to be disciplined about how much time they're spending on screens. So we try to encourage outdoor activity. It was really hard during COVID, especially when school is on computers. Yeah. So now we're trying to bring it back. We do um, tournaments, uh, for the schools. But I mean, so I feel like you, so you're into fitness, right? You mentioned Dick's Sporting Goods is your favorite place in Glendale. Yes. Different, but, um, (laughs) you know, and, and like, I I know that you, you've, uh, promoted fitness. So how do you feel that like, uh, games are considered now like a sport per se? That's a good question. Um, I think going back to what you said, if, if you're disciplined about it, and you balance that with physical activity and fitness, then I think it's fine. But if you kind of let that take over your life, then it's not good. And that doesn't necessarily only go for video games, right? I mean, it can go for if you work long hours at a job or whatnot. You still have to balance fitness into your life. Yeah. But, yeah, I I don't think esports necessarily is – you know, a, a root cause for people not being active. Yeah. Uh, I heard a very interesting argument for them in that, you know, all the elements um, that are great for team sports, you can find in esports. And I hadn't thought of it that way. Like, you know, now it's not just like you playing in a world, you're playing with team members and you're communicating and collaborating. collaborating yeah. And there's some creative thinking aspects of it, which is what. You know, there's physical, I guess, skill and talent involved with playing some of the team sports like basketball or soccer or baseball. Um, but, you know, some of the mental aspects of what you makes you good at those games is also uh, enhanced when you're playing uh, video games. I'm not saying this to promote video games per se. It's just not a way I hadn't thought of looking at it before. And, you know, I agree with you. I think it's about balance. Like, just do everything in moderation. Yeah. Yeah. Just to play on that, too, it helps you meet people in yeah a, exactly and like become friendly with them and social interactions like one of my best friends was from connecticut best internet friends and we just played certain games all the time and even during the pandemic we would play call of duty 
and like we'd have our squad of four and you have to like plan things out and, and you met him online you had not you didn't know him before he just became part of that team yeah it, we just i knew that he was good and i was at the same level as him and we like playing together and we'd get into lobbies and we'd find other people to play with and maybe i should like create like a squad of like council members or mayors to play uh, i would be terrible at any video game have you ever you... played call of duty no i i mean i've tried but like there's too many buttons on the new controllers to press there's like a <laughs> r1 and an R2 and an L1. <laughs> like, L1 I'm L2, used to yeah. like the old Nintendo kind of up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, BA start. BA start. <laughs> yeah. From Contra. Your client name should be Mayors. <laughs> <laughs> Mayors. <laughs> Imagine getting in that lobby. You're talking politics. <laughs> this funny. is the last one I got to hop off. I got to uh, sign a bill. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the mayor from uh, Idlewood. Mayor Max. Yeah. Idlewild. Idlewild. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Are, you, are we good? Yeah, I think we're good. Cool. What are we at? Uh, okay. We got cool. It. How do we address you, Mayor? I, I like calling you Mr. Mayor. You know, you can call me Artie. Artie. Uh, Mr. Mayor, Mayor Artie. Kasakian. Kasakian. Mr. For another six months. And then- you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'll be council member Artie or council member Kasakin. Were you on the council during COVID? I was. Was that mayhem? It was. Wow. It was. You know, I had to take my oath of office over Zoom. We didn't know. None of us knew what Zoom was before that, right? Um, And it was really rough going during COVID because it it felt like we were were doing the best we can with the information we had, and that information kept changing. And it was kind of crazy how sometimes even the directives we had weren't making sense. Were you getting information other than from the news? Were you getting different sources so we have three major hospitals in glendale um where most cities don't even have one so we were fortunate enough to have those hospitals along with our fire department giving us information as to what was happening in real time Um, and so when people were like oh this is a hoax this is not happening like i had friends who were doctors who are like i have to tell people that their loved one's gonna die because this person was a relatively healthy you know, 30-something-year-old or 40-something-year-old, and now they're not going to make it. Um, And so, you know, we took it very seriously. Unfortunately, um, Glendale wasn't at the top of, you know, we didn't have the highest vaccination rates initially, Um, and that's, I think, partly because of um, our community. There was, again, goes back to, you know, having a community. More, More than half of our residents in Glendale, by the way, were born somewhere other than the United States. Wow. Yeah, so I think that there's this general skepticism. So it was how to cut through that skepticism and get to people in with ways they can understand. So how do we use their news, their community newspapers or their outlets to get them information about get vaccinated, 
um, you know, be careful, practice good hygiene, which um, I think is probably the best thing that come out came out of COVID, right? People washing their hands. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, how many people were not washing their hands before? It's kind of I remember scary. when COVID started, I, w- I would wash my hands actually more than what was needed. And I, I know that there's a certain amount of germs that you have to have on your hands, mm-hmm. right? I don't know about that, but I'll, I'll yeah. go with it. Yeah, me too. I don't really know either, but that's what I heard. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'd wash my hands like 10, 15 times a day, at yeah, least, yeah. at the bare minimum. Every time after you go to the bathroom, you do it? Well, I think we all carry hand sanitizer, or we have hand sanitizer somewhere nowadays, and I think that's good. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Yes, sir. Thank Absolutely. you very much Thank for coming on. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. And thanks you for guys. giving us this pass to get us out of jail. Uh, it's just <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's my business card. You guys can have it. I, I, I don't think it will get you out of jail. They may give you a nicer jail cell, um, but um, yeah. All and right. uh, we'll, we'll talk about the key to Glendale. Yes. Yes. We really want a bench. Why did why a bench? I don't know. Yes. No, man. That'd be sick. Why? This bench is presented by lightweights. So lame. Whatever. <laughs> or what, if, what if what if it's like a workout bench? Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> at Dicks, let's put it there. Yeah. Right at. We'll figure Dicks. something out. We'll figure something out. Cool. Definitely. Okay. Thanks right. again. Thank you. Thank you.